All right, we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, word today. I didn't want to go to eleven because I wanted to be done by eleven thirty. So I'm going to push through this. I have a a word that is going to be very short, but it's going to be very timely. It is needed in your understanding, especially going into a fast. It is going to be needed. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, we're not going to get too in depth. Um, and one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get better at next year is praying before I speak. Do y'all ever, I never pray before I teach. Nobody pay attention. All right, good. I can't. Okay. All right. All right. Not all, really. Uh, okay. I came up in an apostolic church before you did everything you pray. <laughs> you pray before you took the offering up and then after you took the offering up. You pray before the benediction, then after the benediction. All right. But we're going to talk um, about the Holy Spirit on today. And like I said, we're not going to go really in depth. But um, it's, if you know anything about me, I hate cliches. So I hate when people say stuff, but they don't have understanding behind it. And you hear people all the time saying, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit but having no idea what that means. And so we're going to shed a little light on that today. Uh, and the title of this teaching is going to be filled, but not full. So you're filled with the Holy Spirit uh, um, as the initial evidence or receiving of the Holy Spirit, but you are not full of the Holy Spirit. And I am big on maturing, growing, and development. And it is the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are one with Christ. You are a new creature in Christ. All things are made new. But now this receiving of the Holy Spirit, we have to know where to point that to. If, if not, you, you just begin to say it, but it has no real effect on your life. But after the day, you're going to know some stuff. All right. So filled, but not full. And these two words, filled is pimple, pimplame, and plurace. Now, I'm telling you for the purpose of I am a studier. I love to study. So when I'm reading the scriptures, I just can't pass over a word if I don't understand what it means. And then sometimes you, because of the English language and how different it is from the Greek and the Hebrew, you have to. Because in the English, this is just a, a, a really the same word, the same definition. And we deal with tenses. And so you're either filled and full is pretty much the same thing. But not so in the Greek. There are two different Greek words. So the Greek word filled, pimplame, it means to imbue. It means to influence, to supply. It means to fulfill something. It means to accomplish something, to furnish. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it imbues you, which means it, it is attempting to, to permeate your soul. It is trying to, it is influencing your soul to do the things of God. 
The thing you have to understand about spiritual matters is God would never violate your will. So although the Holy Spirit comes upon you, in order for it to be effective in your life, it has to go through your will and affect your soul. And so after it has affected your soul, you are now full of it. And how this looks is like intervention. You ever seen the show Intervention? And would you have someone in the room and they either have a drug addiction or some type of addiction and then they have family members around them and they're all speaking into their life, trying to get them to change the way that they think. The fact that the people are in the room speaking into their life means that they are filled with people trying to pour into their life. But the end result is that the person's mind gets full of what they're speaking. And so the Holy Spirit comes to us to influence us. But if we never receive what the Holy Spirit is saying, we are never full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you through scripture. And so our first scripture on today. Well, no, let me let me uh, move too fast. Now, the word full is the word plurace. It means filled up. As opposed to being empty of a hollow vessel of a surface so when something is full that means the vessel was hollow and now we've put we've imparted into it and now it's full or if you have a surface if this we have a surface on here uh, on this stage at one point in time it, it may have just been wood once they put the carpet on it it was full of carpet they covered the surface and so the word full literally means to cover every part of the soul. Y'all with me? I know it's 11 o'clock. It means to cover every part of the soul to thoroughly permeate. To make complete. So filled means it's attempting to permeate. Full means it has permeated. And we're getting to it. Let's roll. Y'all ready? Okay. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Now this is the initial uh, uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is the first time that the Holy Spirit has hit the earth in the capacity in which all mankind can receive it. In the Old Testament, it was only placed upon those he chose as leaders or he chose to do a task. Read that again. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, you see this? It filled. Now, this word filled is neither plure or pimplame. This is pleuro. <laughs> so this is an entire different word. That's why I tell you, you have to study. You can't just read because you would read that passage of scripture and you would think filled means the same thing in in chapter two as it does in, in, in verse two as it does in verse four. Two different same word, two different definitions. 
It said, and suddenly, verse two, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now that word filled there means to flood. So the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit came and flooded the room and the Holy Spirit is now in the room. Y'all with me? Verse three. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each of them. Verse four. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So in the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit, it is the word pimplame, which means the Holy Spirit came to them to influence them. It came upon them to supply them. And I'm going to show this to you. But let me point something out in verse three. It says, and there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each of them. Now, the Holy Spirit. In scripture, specifically in the New Testament, even the Old Testament, it always came upon man. Right here, it said it rested on them. So this is the Jews receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time. It did what? It rested on them. It didn't come inside of them. It rested on them. When Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Mark, Matthew chapter 4, it said that it lighted on him, it came upon him in bodily form. In Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans received the Holy Spirit and it said that it came upon them. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit and it said it came upon them. In Acts chapter 19, John's disciples received the Holy Spirit and it said it came upon them. Now, why is it showing us this pattern? Because even in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it said that the Holy Spirit hovered. It hovered over all the world. It hovered over the waters. That word hovered in the Hebrew is the same word that we use brood as when a hen sits on an egg. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it is equivalent to a hen sitting on an egg until it hatched. This is where we get the, the, uh, uh, the concept of incubation. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it comes upon you to incubate your life. That's why the Holy Spirit is called a comforter. Because it comes upon you to impart Christ in you. It comes upon you to do what? To teach. You don't teach your spirit. You teach your soul. You don't learn at your spirit level. You learn at the soul level. So it comes to teach you. It comes to lead you. It comes to guide you. It comes to comfort you. It is an advocate. But that is at the soul level. Acts chapter 4 verse 8. Like I told you, it's going to be real quick. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. The only thing I want you to see is that then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter got filled on the day of Pentecost. So why are we saying that Peter is filled again? <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is coming upon him for a, a certain reason. And in this passage of scripture is coming upon him to speak. Now, I just told you 
the definition of field is it, it comes upon you to imbue, but it also comes upon you to supply. That's how we get prophecy. The Holy Spirit comes upon somebody, it fills someone to speak. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had, heard, had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God in boldness. There you have it again. They are all there praying just like we were a few minutes ago. Everybody's in one room praying and the Holy Spirit fills all of them and they begin to prophesy and speak the, the word of God boldly to one another. Acts chapter 5 verse 17. But the high priest rose up along with his associates, that is the sect of Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. Now this is the same word we just used for being filled with the Holy Spirit. So just like someone can be filled with the Holy Spirit, mean imbued, influenced, and supplied, you can be filled with jealousy. That doesn't mean that your vessel is full of jealousy. It means that, the, that a, a demonic spirit has come upon you to make you feel a certain way. That's why I told you, the devil is not the opposite of God. He's not the opposite of the Father. He's not the opposite of, of Christ. He's not the opposite of Jesus. He's the opposite of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. The devil is a fallen angel. He mimics the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon you to bring knowledge of the word of God, truth about Christ. The devil sends his, his angels upon you or around you to influence you to do whatever he wants you to do. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us to teach us to do what the father said. But the devil is the father of lies. So he has a presence, too, that he can sit upon you and teach you and that he can put upon you or he can fill a room and teach you to do the opposite. Acts 13, chapter 13, verse 9. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on them. So we have right here, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13. You're going to see what I mean when I get the full. Acts chapter 13, verse 45. But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. So jealousy came upon them. <laughs> and it's just how it happens. You ever been in a situation and you seen somebody now? Come on now. We're going into 2020. We're almost there now. We ain't quite there yet, but don't walk in the 2020 line. All right? <laughs> you ever been in a situation where somebody got something that you wanted or got an opportunity that you want, and all of a sudden you just felt jealous? I'll be the first one. All right. It's a spirit. It's a demonic spirit that comes upon you to make you feel a certain way. Acts chapter 19, verse 29. The city was filled with confusion. 
Now, how can a city be filled with confusion? It is not a physical matter. This is not physical matter. So what is happening here is Satan has hovered over this city. He has hovered over this this, uh, particular place and he has released a spirit of confusion. This is a spiritual atmosphere all of a sudden changing to provoke your environment to change. Just like the Holy Spirit can come into a room and bring peace. And all of a sudden you feel peace. It can come into a room and, 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 and bring love and all of a sudden you feel love. It's spiritual matter. So you, so you can be filled with confusion. You can be filled with envy. You can be filled with strife. You can be filled with jealousy. You can be filled with hatred. You can be filled with anger. You can be filled with wrath. Just in the same way you can be filled with love. Being filled with love does not mean that from the top crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you're all love. No, it means that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God into our heart. Okay, now we find we about to switch it up. Y'all ready? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Now, full. Full means filled up. As opposed to empty, this is straight from the Greek. Filled up, as opposed to empty, of hollow vessels, of a surface, covered in every part of the soul. Thoroughly permeated with full, complete, lacking nothing, perfect. So when you're filled with something, or when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it is there to convince you to do what is right. It is there to, to, to teach you, to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you. But the thing about the, the teaching, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit is that it, it can only get to your will. Once it touches your will now, you make the decision, do I want you in or do I not? You ever been in a situation, Holy Spirit told you shut up and you kept talking? <laughs> You ever been in a situation where the Holy Spirit told you to go this way and you didn't go that way and you got the consequences for going that way? So the Holy Spirit can only influence you. It cannot take your will and make you do anything. So now, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. So now we have Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. Peter was filled. (laughs) Paul was filled. But we have Jesus full. So it was influencing Peter. It was influencing Paul. But Jesus' entire soul was covered with the Holy Spirit. Which means the Holy Spirit wasn't just influencing him. The Holy Spirit had his heart, had his mind, had his will, had his character, had his disposition, had his aversions, his appetite, 
and his intelligence. That's why when he was sent into the wilderness, he was able to defeat the devil. Because the Holy, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. The whole, he didn't just have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had him. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have you yet. And that's the growing part. That's the part where the scripture says that we grieve the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is always trying to conform you to the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit is always trying to give you the mind of Christ. But what do we do? We constantly reject it. John chapter 1 verse 14. So this is going to be very short. I'll give you the long version later. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. (laughs) So grace and truth covered every part of his soul. His entire vessel, his entire life was full of grace, was full of truth. He was ignorant in no area of his soul. He understood people, he understood the spirit realm, he understood his father, he understood the demonic, he understood uh, 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 how to cast out devils, how to heal. He was not ignorant in any area of his life. He was full of grace, he was full of truth. Acts chapter six. Yes, here we go. Now, at this time, while the, while the disciples were increasing in number, now this is talking about the church growing. Now, I want you to remember this, okay? The initial evidence of the Holy Spirit was received in chapter 2. We're now in chapter 6, all right? Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, the church was growing, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So they had a ministerial problem. They had an issue going on. The church was increasing, but they didn't have enough workers. (laughs) Verse two. So the 12, talking about the apostles, summoned the congregation of disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. He said, we're doing all the teaching. We're doing all the preaching. It would not be good for us to stop praying fast and reading the word to, to build you up to stop and do that. So what we have to do, choose somebody from out here. All right. Y'all with me? Verse three. Therefore, brethren. Select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge. Hmm. So now, hmm. Y'all got it? So. They said, therefore, brothers, let's select amongst us seven men of good reputation. Well, how do we know they have good reputation? Because they're full of the spirit and of wisdom. Now, we're not talking about Jesus now. 
We're talking about ordinary people. We're not talking about the 12 apostles. He says select seven men besides them. And we want you to find seven men that are of good reputation and that are full of wisdom and of the spirit. This is qualifications for ministry. This is the goal. Now, they are full of the spirit, meaning what? The spirit covered every part of their soul. They are thoroughly permeated. Meaning what? The Holy Spirit has their heart, their mind, and their soul. They've given over their will to the Holy Spirit and they have matured. How do we know they matured? Because they could have chose seven men filled with the Holy Spirit. Why didn't they choose seven men filled with the Holy Spirit? Because there's a growth process in this. At this point in time, at least according to scripture, it was 3,100 people who had been filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what am I trying to get you to see? There is a difference between you being filled. Just because you have the Holy Spirit, don't get relaxed. Don't get relaxed you, because you, you speak in tongues now. Because you can pray in tongues. The objective is for you to get full of the Holy Spirit. It is not for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? That means that you have to give your will over to the Holy Spirit. That means you're going to have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It means you're going to have to spend time with the Holy Spirit. It means you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to get past your will and correct all those things in you that are not like Christ. Verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Tamar, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, and <clears throat> a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. They didn't lay their hands on anybody. They laid their hands on people who were full of the Holy Spirit. What am I doing? I am trying to give you a goal. We talked about this Sunday. This area right here. <laughs> How this is your soul. That is your spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to fill you with him so that he can marry who you are in Christ <laughs> to who you used to be in Adam. But the issue is what? We fill our, our souls with everything but what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us to do. So as we go into this fast, that's what I want your focus to be. I want your focus to be on growing and being matured in the Holy Spirit. Not just having it, not just praying in tongues, but spending actual time with the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to correct your thinking. 
That's why when she was back there praying, she was saying, Father, teach us how to do this stuff. Teach us. What am I doing when I say that? I'm giving him permission. Then she said, remove this. I'm asking him to remove the pride. I'm not waiting <laughs> for a situation to come up for the pride to get removed. I'm asking him to remove the pride, remove the anger, remove the bitterness. Anything that you don't like about you, you can go before the father and ask him, take this away. Teach me how to do this. Then the last thing she said was what? In part. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's why the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, obey those that have the rule on you, for they watch for your soul, that they may do it with joy and not grief. The Holy Spirit and the fivefold ministry have the same job. Conform you to the image of Christ. Speak to your soul. Teach your soul. Let's keep going. Verse 7, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Verse 8, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing what? He was performing great wonders and signs amongst the people. This is why you don't see many Signs, wonders, and miracles in the church. Because <laughs> people are filled, but they're not full. They have the Holy Spirit. We pray in tongues, but there's no real impartation. There's enough, there isn't enough compassion to see people healed. There isn't enough word focus to see anything happen in our, in our personal life. Let's read it again. But Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. He wasn't filled performing signs. <laughs> he was full performing signs and wonders. And we want to see signs and wonders, am I right? So if we want to see signs and wonders, then we, gotta, we have to want to be full. Which is going to require you to Y'all know what I'm about to say. Say it again. It has to be a season where you focus on developing your soul. It has to be a season in your life where Facebook is not important. Sports ain't important. The news ain't important. Television ain't important. Netflix and chill is overrated. <laughs> it has to be a season in your, in, your, in your life where you give all these things up to see your own personal life developed. Because, now what's the next thing I'm going to say? I don't want to see no hating. <laughs> I don't want to see no hating because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Somebody laying on their face, they didn't gave everything up. <laughs> they didn't turned over their plate. They they do the word time. They humble themselves, and you don't. 
And so when they blessings started coming on, instead of you being full of the Holy Spirit, you filled with jealousy. <laughs> All right. I heard y'all say, move on. So I shall. Verse 9. But some men from what was called the synagogue of freedmen, including both Syrians and Alexandrians and some of the Cilicians and Asians, rose up and argued with Stephen. Watch this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Now, we're talking about somebody full of the Holy Spirit. Not filled. Verse 10. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and spirit in which he was speaking. So, He's teaching. He done done signs, wonders, miracles. He's been chosen because he's full of the spirit. And he got some haters looking at him. And then they had the audacity to come and argue with him, Dre. And the scripture says, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit in which he was speaking. That's why I love to argue, argue with carnal people. I shouldn't have said that. I take that back. I don't. Dang. But like, just like in Jesus, he didn't just have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had him. The Holy Spirit had him. He didn't just pray in tongues for five minutes. Do a 30 minutes in prayer and then think you anointed to do something. No, you have to spend serious time with this. We talked about Jesus. Okay. At eight, at eight days old, he's in the temple. Fast forward. At 12, he's in the temple. Doing what? Listening to teachers, asking questions. And the Bible said he grew and he increased in wisdom and knowledge with God and man. Fast forward from 12 to, to 30, 18 years later, he finally gets the Holy Spirit. After he gets the Holy Spirit, it immediately sends him in the wilderness on a 40-day fast. He defeats the devil, comes out the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Now he's doing miracles. The church... We get saved and automatically think we're just supposed to be doing miracles. <laughs> no growth, no wisdom, no increase, no knowledge, no time spent with the Father, no fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you're going to walk in power. you lying to yourself. Verse 11. Let's read 10 again. I love that. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit which he was speaking. Verse 11. Then they secretly induced men to say, Hayden, the spirit on this brother was so powerful that they had to lie on him. We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Verse 12, and they stirred up the people and the, the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away and brought him to the council. They put forward false witnesses who said this man insensibly speaks against the holy, the holy place and the law, lying on him. Why? <laughs> That's why Jesus said. The slave is going to be just like the master. 
the student is going to be just like the teacher. If they lied on me, they're going to lie on you. But they ain't lying on you yet because you ain't full. Acts chapter 13. I think this is my last passage of scripture. Am I doing good in time? Okay. Acts chapter 13, verse 6. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a, a Jewish false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for so his name translated, was opposed to them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him, verse 10, and said, You who are full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? So, you can be full of the Holy Spirit in the same way you can be full of deceit. You can be full of fraud. You have met somebody that just lied to you for no reason, just come to you with a lie. <laughs> I even ask you nothing. You just walked up to me and told me a lie. <laughs> so what is this scripture saying? That deceit and fraud covered every part of their soul. It was their character. It was their disposition. It was their appetite. It had their intelligence. They're full of deceit. And because they were full of deceit, it made them offsprings of Satan. It made them enemies of righteousness. And they lived to corrupt the ways of the Lord, which mean they lived a life that is that intentionally established the kingdom of darkness. So when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you intentionally promote the kingdom of God. When you are full of Satan, you intentionally promote his kingdom. If it's not promoting the kingdom of God, it's promoting the kingdom of darkness. If you listen to the music, all they're talking about is doing what? Sinning. What comes out your mouth and what comes out your character shows what you're what? Full of. So if I do an entire song talking about killing somebody, what kingdom am I promoting? If I do an entire song, or nowadays it's a whole album, all they're talking about is strip clubs, killing somebody, selling dope. What are they promoting? The kingdom of God? No. You have to understand. What are they full of? It's my last scripture, I think. I know I just said that. Mark 4 and 28. The sower produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. Then mature grain 
in the head. Now, why did I use that scripture? Because that word mature is the same Greek word that we use for full. It's the same Greek word. So to be full of something means to be mature. It's the same Greek word. It's the same word that was used when Jesus asked the disciples. When I just did that miracle, how much bread was left over? They said 12 baskets full. Not filled. Like I told you, filled means to influence. It means to imbue. It means to supply. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there suggesting It's up to you to answer the call. This is why the Bible says fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This is why the Bible says do not grieve the Holy Spirit. This is how you prosper your soul. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now for this word. Father, hide your word in our heart that we would not sin against you, Father. We thank you, O oh Father, for what we heard, O oh Father, as we go forth into this new season, this new year, O oh Father. We desire, Father, as individuals as well as a church.